Hey, this is Julie Lewis from Greenville, North Carolina. Welcome back to the Crown Ref Podcast for episode 256, Tales from the Hardwood, featuring Andrew Murata. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Because you got to be a badass, athlete. not arrogant, but confident, athlete. When you step on the court, you need to show them that they should hire you. Not kiss ass, not do this, not do that. Show them by your call, by your conviction, and I want you to act confident. I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Crown Refs podcast, the audio experience for basketball officials. I am here with a father of three, a husband, a principal, and a longtime official and a friend, Andrew. So, Andrew, welcome back. How you doing, sir? Paul, good to be with you, my friend. Can you believe the last time we uh, we worked together was it was a year and a half ago? Wow, doesn't seem like wow. it, right? Amazing. That was pandemic. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I just wanted to say congrats on the new book, Tales from the Hardwood. I appreciate it. We're going to give away some copies tonight. We got some people here. It's nice to have it in the hand. You know what I mean? Great design, too. Did you help out with that? Or your team did? I try to focus on the content, Paul, like we've talked many times. So I happened to stand there. After that, I I didn't do much. So just while we're on the, the creative tip, just talking about your design, I noticed your books kind of follow that same format with you with your back turned and the title up at the top. I love it. I think it's great. They don't want to see the front fall. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, no, I wanted to have certainly a presence on there, but, but you know, kind of going with that theme. So you'll probably see some more of that as we write some more books, you know? I like it. I like it. So I'm, I'm interested to, to – Double click down into this book. I started reading a little bit of it so far. I'm looking forward to finishing it, but um, just wanted to kind of have you tell us a, a little bit about this book, and then we'll um, listen to some of the stories. Yeah, cool. Well, number one, Paul, I wanted to say thank you to you, the work you're doing at Crown Refs. Um, I've never seen anything like it. I refed for 20 years. I've never met somebody. I had a ton of great mentors, a ton of great people who helped me. Um, but I never seen somebody doing what Paul's doing, helping people, people he doesn't know, people that aren't giving him games, uh, just looking to build up the the world of officiating, uh, specifically basketball. But he's stretching beyond basketball too. So, number one, Paul, uh, kudos to you. I'm a big fan of Crown Refs. Number two, you know, we got Chris, we got Ashley, Will, we got Justin, uh, we got people on here. People are killing officials these days, right? There's just a bad vibe that people are leaving the business. And here you guys are growing. You're, you're, you're putting some time in. Ashley's driving. She's jumping on the iPad. She's, you know. So I admire you for looking to grow and looking to improve. Um, and last, I'm just, you know, you lead with, with being grateful. Uh, I'm grateful for my family. And Paul mentioned his wife. Right. I dedicated the dedication to my wife because I, I couldn't have done what I did without her taking care of everything in the house and my children. And, um, you know, just grateful, grateful to have those experiences, grateful for the people who took a chance on me, for you guys that are going to get trying out, looking to get hired, looking to get better. Like someone's got to take a chance on you. And uh, when they do, you know, you're grateful. 
Um, so I leave with gratitude and just grateful for the opportunity. So, um, Paul, I got a little presentation. If you want, want I, could, I could share my screen for a little bit. Or did you want to know a little bit about the book first? What'd you, what'd you want to do? While we're on the topic of your wife, let's just start with the story of you um, driving down to your first Division One game ever and then also finding out the news that you're going to have a baby. So just talk to me about that emotional roller coaster of a day. Yeah, you just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. My daughter turns uh, 16 this summer, so that was a while ago. Uh, but just like many young couples, you know, we were trying to have a baby and I would check in, Hey, you know, any news, anything, you know, no, no, no. So, uh, it was a Friday. It was the opening night of the season. And, uh, I had, um, uh, a game at Columbia. I'm trying to think who the visiting team was. I feel like it was Canisius. It was a team in Connecticut. Um, and it was a, a tournament. It was always the opening weekend at, at Columbia. So I had to, I had the first game of a double header. So I don't know if they were five and seven 30 or six and eight 30, but I had the early game and uh, took a half day of school. So we're leaving from up. I live in Milford PA, which is about an hour and a half Northwest of New York city. Uh, so we're going early. We stop, get a cup of coffee and I was already nervous, right? I was, I was amped. It was my first division one game. I was pumped up, but again, trying to, trying to be cool, right? Act like I'd been there before. So we stopped at this gas station. I know exactly where it is. We were at the counter getting ready to pay. And I just, I wasn't even thinking what the answer was going to be. I wasn't even thinking she might say yes. But I kind of said, hey, you know, any, any anything on the latest pregnancy test? And she said, yeah, she just made this face looking at me like she didn't want to tell me. I'm like, oh, and she just nodded her head. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Like, wow, you know. So right there, right, you know, at the gas station on my way to Columbia, she told me. So, man, I was just, I, I, you know, I was already elevated. And to know that we were having a baby and it was like, wow. And then, uh, you know, Paul obviously read this in the book. The second part, my partner was late. You know, New York City, Friday night, parking. He didn't know where he was going. And the supervisor, Mickey Crowley, was going crazy. Not like being empathetic, like, well, maybe he got held up. Like, where is it? Like, and boy, I, I, I was, and he's like yelling at me, call him, Andrew, call him. I didn't even know who the guy was. I'm like, where are you? It was, it was by the time I stepped on the court, everything else was easy because of all these things. Um, and uh, yeah, that was my, that was my first game, man. If you had a charge call that night, I bet you you danced all the way out to the three-point line and punched might the end given, line. Might have given it three toots, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go. I'm a good five to six tweets. I'm, I'm excessive. But it, give, it gives me more time to decide. Yeah, that's right. You know? That's right. Just put the fist in the air. Just put the fist up and decide. Doo -doo, I'm still deciding, still deciding, still deciding. Charge. <laughs> Uh, you're good to go with your screen share, so feel free to uh, okay. pull up your presentation. Right. And, uh, guys, we'll pause afterwards. A lot of great stories in here. Really, really proud of it. And, uh, again, grateful. So I'm just going to pick out a few. Again, made a little presentation from here. Paul, you got the audio, so I'll try to uh, make sure we kind of, you know, uh, have visual and uh, 
and, and audio here. So this is a little leadership presentation that I made based on uh, you know concepts in the book, things that have happened uh, in the book, right? And I believe in the power of a single experience. Um, I, I, I just, I do, right? And I wanna change your life tonight. I wanna say something, share something that motivates you not just to say, oh, that, that was great, but really to change your life. And that's, you know, one of the things I'm doing right now is, 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 is that, you know, presentations and leadership workshops, but right, even if, whether it's refereeing, whether it's being a parent, whether it's, you know, I want, I, I want to be that. I heard Roger Ayers say this on, on Paul's podcast, um, but how do we be the ref that everyone wants to work with? How do we be the leader? How do we be the father? How do we be the person that people want to be around, right? And it, and it and it ties back to uh, us being on the court. So this is the presentation. We're only just going to take a couple stories from it because I want to have some uh, uh, conversation. I don't want to talk the whole time. So, um, but the stories and the experiences wherever I speak around the country, even if I'm doing a workshop with principals. They always come back to the stories. They come back to the experiences. So uh, whether you're, you're a young buck like Chris, wherever you're at in your, in your reffing career, right? Write down the stories, write down the experiences. Not, not that you might write a book one day, and I hope you do, and I'd love to help you, but you just never know where the stories and the experiences are gonna, gonna take you. So here was one. Right, Paul had my first game uh, talking about that. Well, this was my first game at the Garden, right? We got a, a couple of New Yorkers on here. Uh, and the gentleman on the screen, screen is Tim Higgins. And if you're a Big East fan, you know Tim Higgins. Tim, you know, just a legend in the Big East, right? And uh, this was the ECAC Holiday Festival. Again, my first time at the Garden. So uh, even before the game, right? You get two tickets, right? And we're humble. We don't want to take advantage or whatever. So Tim says, Andrew, call, you know, call this number. This is where you get your tickets. So thanks, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. Call up. It's the lady at the garden. She said, hey, Andrew, how are you? I think her name was Rosemary. I said, oh, Rosemary, I'm thrilled. You know, she says, I hear it's your first time. I said, it is, Rosemary. Yeah, I'm really honored. Well, what can I get you, kid? I said, Rosemary, yeah, I just just two tickets is fine. I don't, I, you know, just don't, I don't want to, you know. Andrew, it's your first time. It's okay. What? How many tickets you need? Rosemary, please. You know, I, I don't want to. Uh, Andrew, Tim told me to take care of you. How many tickets you want? 25. 25 it is, Andrew. <laughs> Gives me 25 tickets to the game. And so I got my whole family there. I'm pumped up. It's great, right? So I'm working with the legendary Tim Higgins. So there's two parts to the stories, right? The first part is the game. We're standing in the tunnel. I'm about to go out. I'm excited. I'm just so excited. Madison Square Garden, my whole life, like, wow. You know, here's a New Yorker being in the garden. And uh, Tim grabs my shoulder and he says those words to me on the screen. He says, Andrew, this is the garden. Don't give, in, don't give any cheap, you know, cheap whistles, right? You got to give these guys space to play. They're the best, the best of the best. And I'm listening to him. Okay, Tim, you know, and I'm pumped up and he knows that, but he says that to me, give them space. So we're doing the game. 
It's uh, uh, it's Virginia Tech and Columbia again. Virginia Tech and Columbia. And uh, good game, right? Active, up and down. And I'm uh, the lead, right? And I'm running down on a fast break. And I'm the lead, so I'm hustling to the line. And the guy's on a fast break. And the guy from Virginia Tech's going to the hoop. And there's a little bump, right? A little bump. Definitely dislodged, displaced the guy. We all know what that means, right? It's in the rule book. Displaced equals a foul. Little displacement. And I said, ooh. And I did like this. And, I, and then I just held for a half a second. And the guy dribbled, dribbled around him and laid it up. Nobody blinked, nobody moved. And I'm like, ooh, that was the, you know, that's that was a foul, but I let it go. And I look over and there's Tim Higgins with a wink. And he winks at me. It was like a movie, like the garden stopped, the game stopped. A spotlight came on me. Andrew, that's what he was talking about. It was like God spoke to me on the floor. And I realized that that's what he was talking about. That little play that that an average rep is going to call, right? And what do they call those? Interrupters. And I realized, like, wow. And he laid it in. And, and when he winked at me, it was like, and, and it was just tremendous, right? Give him space to play. Had a great game. Had a, had a wonderful experience. Tim could not have been a better mentor. And we're walking down the tunnel now after the game. And Tim yells into the manager, bring in the cooler. I'm thinking he's going to ice his knees, you know, whatever, you know. And boom, in comes the cooler. Tim pulls his shirt out. And then he opens the cooler. Miller Lite. What? You know, like, what? I had never been, been given a beer after the game in the locker room, right? That don't happen in high school or Division three game. That don't happen. You know, Division one game, you're not trying to get in trouble, right? You're at the guard, and he brings it. I'm like, whoa, okay. And he, Andrew, would you like one? Hell yeah, Tim. And, uh, you know, hey, Andrew, what are you doing after the game? Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, Tim, what are you doing after the game? He said, well, I'm going for a steak dinner with my, my daughters and my wife. I'm like, Tim, you've been doing this 25 years, and here you are on a Saturday at the garden in the afternoon, and you're still meeting your wife and your daughter, your daughters for steak. You know, you've been doing this long enough, right? And, and he said, yeah, absolutely. And I said, Tim, how are you still doing that after all these years? And he said, you want to know? You really want to know? He said, grab a pen. And he talked for an hour about everything he did to make sure his family was included, taking care of his family, making them part of it. He said, and Paul, you got little kids, right? He said, Andrew, you get a babysitter every Wednesday and Saturday. If they're making $10 an hour, you pay them $13 an hour. You book them every Wednesday and Saturday for your wife. No questions asked. You give your wife at least one check every game, uh, every season, no matter what it is. You don't ask her for any receipts. You don't say where you're spending it. You give it to her. It's hers. It's her money. When you come home, you are on, Andrew. You don't, you're not shutting down when you come home. You, 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 you're coming up. It's like a timeout, right? You're rising up. You don't, you don't come down when you come home. You come up. And he said, you always, you let her know where you are. You let her know when you're coming home. 
and you like you're always dialed in. Not where is he, right? You always know where you are. Always know when you're coming home. Um, and you know, I just you shared a few other things, and I realized, wow, you know, he's successful on the court, but he's really successful off the court. And he's taking his wife and family for a steak dinner after doing this for 25 years. A lot of refs lose their family because they're chasing the games too much. They're chasing the checks. And uh, Tim, you know, shared that. And, you know, I'm married 21 years. I got three beautiful kids and uh, a dedication to my wife for, for, for doing that. So I'm grateful to Tim and I'm grateful for that mentorship. Paul's, Paul's a mentor to many. Uh, well, that was real life mentorship about, uh, uh, you know, how to include your family. You know, he added, you take them when you can. You take them on a Saturday. You get a one-bedroom hotel room. You get the upgrade, not just a regular room. You get the one-bedroom. Your wife and you have separate quarters. You can relax. And the kids are in the, in the front room. They're ordering movies. They're making popcorn. You make it special for them. You do that as many times as you can. Uh, great experience, um, Tim Higgins. I'll tell one more story, then we'll stop. Um, my first time at, at North Carolina. Um, again, excited, right? I'm the U2, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited. It was my first year in the ACC. You guys want to read the blog? There's a little QR code there. If you're listening to this, Go on my website, andrewmarada.com, and the blog is there. It's called Shoulder to Shoulder. Um, so, Chris, I'm going to ask you to unmute. When the, when the R and the U1 know each other a lot and the U2 doesn't really know those guys too much, what usually happens when they walk on the court together, Chris? Um, I mean, I would say the R and the U1, they would probably walk like a little ahead of the U2 guy. And kind yeah. of like exclude him. It would kind of look like from the outside. If you were like paying attention, like they're not like connected. They're not like together as a crew before the game even starts. And that's what usually happens, right? They're buddies. They're BSing. They know each other. There'll be some small talk with the U2, right? But then when they walk on the court, they're kibitzing together. They're laughing. But they're not really including the U2, right, Chris? Is that you've seen that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately... We've all probably experienced that. Well, I'm at Carolina. I'm nervous. I don't know these guys. I'm from up north. They're the southern guys. I'm in the ACC. I, I, I don't know these guys. So I'm a little nervous, right? I see we have some more people joining in. Welcome, Jonathan. Welcome, John. So um, we walk on the court, and I go to my YouTube spot. I'm looking at the visitors, and sure enough, the, the the R on the game comes and stands right next to me, right next to me, almost like his shoulder is touching mine. He didn't say much, and he just stood there. And we were there for a good fifteen minutes. Really didn't say much, and I was kind of like, "Wow, this guy's really close to me. Like, what is he doing? Like, what? We got this whole court. Why is he standing so close to me?" But stood right there. And then we're a couple minutes before walking in. He said, Andrew, how do you feel? I said, I'm good, ready to go. He said, good. You belong here, Andrew. You belong here. Now lead us in. And here I go leading to the visiting team and then to Coach Williams at Carolina. And who do they see first? 
Who do they think might be the R on the game? I'm sure they know it wasn't me, but I led them in. And this guy did all of those things for me so silently, so humble. And, you know, it was intentional. He knew I was nervous. He knew it was my first game there. But he didn't say, hey, kid, blah, 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 and do all this stuff. He just was present with me, right? And it was a simple action. It was a simple choice. But he was just there. And then it was a strong sign of support. I knew he had my back. I knew he was a man of character. I knew he wanted me to succeed in that moment. And I felt it. And... uh Right, the world goes around, circle goes around. Sure enough, five, six years later, who do I have their first ACC game with? Nobody other than his son. And I shared what his father had done to me. And guess where I stood when we walked out on the court together in the same spot. And I told him what his dad did for me. And I was, it was an honor for me to be able to do that for him unbelievable that that you know just played out the way it played out so um i'm gonna stop there right now uh and stop sharing and we'll pause for a little bit uh and 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 have some q a i don't want to talk the whole time i got a big mouth so i'll pause there and paul if you want to break the ice with a question or if somebody else has a question they want to jump in a couple great stories there we we always talk about family first, you know, with this community, it's uh, really important that we establish that. And um, gratitude is something that we instantly connect with. You know, a lot of this, this mentor program, we start with, you know, the mindset and the perspective way before we even get into officiating. And that's kind of what helps me navigate, I think, so easily um, with that. So, uh, real quick, what was just the idea behind building the book? I know you had some other contributors. You know, when you sat down to write this book, what was your idea and how did you go about executing that? Yeah, I'm trying to grab the other books. I got a couple books, right? There's that same theme. And I got I got my the principal book over here. Um, raise your hand if you saw Hamilton. You see Hamilton, the, the musical, right? With all during the pandemic, go on Disney. Chris, you hadn't seen it? Will, you haven't seen it? No. All right. Well, invest two and a half hours on Disney and watch Hamilton. But for those that raise their hand, they know the song that he was writing like he's running out of time. Um, Paul, you call this your mentoring program. I've become a mentor for principals, uh, leaders, school leaders, assistant principals, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, and I, I fell in love with writing, right? Let me grab it. It's right here. Excuse me. You know, I wrote this book here to help principals. And it was a big hit. And I started speaking. I started doing different things, right? I loved it. Bam. Then I wrote this book for um, parents, right? How to how to be a partner with the school, how how schools can build partnerships with, the, with, the, with um, parents and, and vice versa. And I fell in love with writing. I kind of figured out how to do it. How can I help more people? And um, I found a retreat up my way, Paul, uh, Ulster County, New York. And I found a little Airbnb. And I go up there and I, and I 
right. Uh, I go up there for weekend <laughs> retreats. And so I, I had a couple of other ideas of what I was going to do, but I had the stories. I had the experiences. I stepped away from officiating in 2019 because I wanted to mentor principals and school leaders, uh, because I, I, I wanted to do more. Paul's doing more with Crown Refs. Um, and I wanted to do more. And I said, well, what, what am I good at? What could be the next thing? And I said, you know what? While it's fresh in my mind, while I still got the memories and the connections of the refs, because uh, I had 12 people write excerpts in here, including J.D. Collins, who just uh, uh, retired. But um, I said, let me do it. And I, Paul just started writing down the ideas and the stories. And, and it went real quick because I had them on the tip of my tongue because it was still close enough. When I wrote the book, I was only out of officiating two years, you know. Yeah, you had some great contributors to this book, you know, referees sharing their leadership stories. Um, which ones uh, kind of inspired you the most out of your yeah. contributors? Great. You know, all of them, right? All of them did. And, uh, you know, if I could take a moment to recognize them, I got them here. Uh, Harold Abraham, who's an educator in uh, uh, New Jersey. He's not a ref. He was a coach. Uh, John Adams, the former NCAA ref. Roger Ayers. Uh, Ron Bertovich was the associate commissioner of the Colonial League. Chris Caputo uh, was the... Uh, Assistant coach at Miami, now the head coach at GW. Jose Annabelle Carrion from Connecticut. Um, uh, Nick Chukrin, one of my students. My, um, my good friend, Dr. Francis Sellis. He's the one, Paul, I don't know if you read it. He sent the fax on the night I had my first NIT game. He sent me a fax at the hotel room. Uh, John Clockerty, J.D. Collins, Brandon Cruz, another New Yorker. Coach Steve Donahue, coach of Penn. Gary Duda out of Philadelphia, Andrew Myra out of Staten Island, and another coach, Dan Spanauer down in North Carolina. Um, but really, Paul, they were, I didn't give them a specific thing to write. I said, share a story, share experience, something that can inspire other people, not just referees, other people. Uh, for example, Andrew Myra didn't even write about refereeing. He wrote a story about his window cleaning business and about communication. Um, so there's a couple of stories that aren't even about basketball. Um, but just just talking here, uh, you know, knowing that Roger Ayers just did that final four game with uh, Carolina and Duke, you know, Roger's at the top of his game. Roger was a mentor. Roger was a friend. Roger wrote an excerpt called It's Time. John Clockerty called him. And he told him it's time. And Roger's like, it's time for what? You know? And he said, it's time for you to be a leader in the ACC, not just a ref. And he, and he propelled Roger to be an R and, and, and really be a leader. Uh, and Roger shares that story very candidly in the book, which is great. But I wrote a few stories about how Roger treated me uh, coming up in the ACC. Why don't you share a little bit about that since we have a great connection uh, to Roger Ayers here in this program? Yeah. Yeah, he's been a big fan of uh, of you guys and, and very caring, looking to help other people. So not only talking hair gel, right? I know he's got the hair gel. Not only healthy tips, how to travel, how to be a pro, um, but, you know, on-court, off-court stuff. Uh, so one of the stories I wrote in there was uh, it's called it's, it's Your Call, Kid. 
again, a lot of firsts. So I'm doing my first playoff game in the Colonial with Roger. I had done the playoffs in the Colonial for 10 plus years, I think 11, 12 years in a row. It was a great run. And um, I'm doing my first game with Roger. And, and, you know, back then the games were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Championship game was Sunday. So they always had the big dog, the ACC guys come in on Saturday. I never got to Saturday. I did Thursday and Friday. So Roger was in on a Friday, then was going to do an ACC game on a Saturday. So I, we had the 12 o'clock game, first game in the Richmond Coliseum. And VCU was playing back then in the, in the Colonial. And it was like a home game for VCU. So packed house opening in, the, in, the, in Richmond. Packed house, Richmond Coliseum. Tight game. Shaka uh, Smart is there. The place, you know, it was just an incredible experience, right? This is replay had just, you know, when we could go to the monitor for certain things. So it was a, a tip play, a bang, bang play. And here I'm repping with Roger Ayers, trying to get everything right, right? And we go, I have the call. It's under two minutes. It was a jumble. You know, black goes against VCU at the end of the game goes against VCU. Place going crazy. Uh, you know, we do this, and we go over to the monitor, and I am like, boom, 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 boom. and Roger, you know, we pull it up. He don't say much. We pull it up. It's close, right? Remember on TV when you're looking at the thing in the ball, and yeah. And he looks at me. He says, "What do you got, kid?" I said, Roger, you know, I think we stay with the call we had. I, I got it going off his finger. He says, it's your call, kid. I said, well, the call stays. And Roger, boop, boop, the call stays. He don't say nothing. He don't say, yeah, you know. And I was just like, what? He's going with my call? Like, what? What do you mean? You know, what if it's not right? Like, Roger, you got to make the call. What are you talking about? I'm thinking all this in my head. Boop, boop, you know, play boom. They're going crazy. VCU loses the game. Like, what? Like, oh, my God. I'm, the last minute, I'm like, oh, my God. Going to the locker room, like, oh, my God. You know, it felt like an hour. It was probably two minutes. The commissioner comes in. Great job. Great call, Roger. Great call, Andrew. Like, oh, oh. And then, again, like Tim Higgins, like Roger's been there a 100 times. I'm like this. I'm like, oh. Roger goes, it's a wink. You know, and it, it, it was like, it was like so simple. Meanwhile, like I was like dying, you know, dying on the inside. But just how, you know, now if he believed in his heart, it wasn't right. Would he have said something different? I don't know. But he never, he never showed any like doubt. You know, it's your call, kid. Not like, hey, I got your back. Are we going in this together? Or, you know, what do you think? It's your call. And it was, you know, it was just to have Roger Ayers talk to you like that and treat you as an equal is incredible. You know, must, it was an incredible experience. Must have been nice to get that cosign from Roger in such a big moment of the game, kind of almost empowering you and your confidence from a, such a, you know, seasoned official like Roger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and you try to be cool through all these experiences. Um, but meanwhile, you know, you, your heart's beating hard on the inside. So how about you guys? What do you got? Ryan, Ashley, you got questions? 
Jonathan, what do you got? I have some more stuff in the presentation, but I, you know, I certainly want to entertain some conversation with yeah. you guys. Yeah, Will, go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. So one thing that, like, I know, like, there's always like these moments that that like when you're working i think with these younger officials when you have to like um build like build them up because like they go because i had like an experience like where like a younger official who was who like i mean who who, who 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 like who was a rookie and he didn't like was trying to make me go like um give him like a hard opinion on like on this one play that he thought like he had um, um um that he had wrong and like i decided to like build them build their positivity um and build them up to um, to get them ready like for the next play like you talk about like a time like where you were working with like a younger like or first year official that you had to like build up in a scenario yeah well that's that's an all the time thing Right, you need to know where these guys are at in their career. Right, you need to know those pre games look a little different. Um, but that was an all the time thing. Uh, but Will, I told a story in here about uh, one of my last seasons when I wasn't doing HCC games anymore. Right, I was not in that league anymore. Um, but it was actually a division three game and it was on a Sunday. And I had worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, division two and division three. I was away from my family for all those days, you know, and at that level, you know, you're only making a couple hundred bucks. There ain't no commas in those checks. And this was Sunday, four o'clock in Washington, D.C., Division Three. That means the game's over at six and you're in the car at 630. And now I'm driving home five hours from D.C. That's a long weekend. That's a long day. Three days without seeing my family. And uh, the game was a little bit above these guys. It was a championship game of a, of a tournament. And uh, I had to reach, I had to reach, I had to reach. But I couldn't let those guys go in the tank. I couldn't yell, like, what are you guys doing? And uh, it was just more about what you said. We're building them up so they can get the next play right. Um, and sure enough, right, you never know who's watching. I'm trying to get out of there in the locker room, and there was a knock on the door. It was an NBA developmental league scout. A D-league scout was in the stands Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, Division Three, And they, he offered me a tryout for the D-league uh, after that because not only did he see how he ref, but he also talked about the mentorship of the younger guys. And again, I don't know the guys there. Um, I wound up declining that because, again, I told you I went in a different direction. But that was nice that that guy recognized that in that moment. You know what I mean? You never know who's watching. And that story's in here. Yep. I'll read that. Looking forward to this. I mean, like, I appreciate it. It's just about building others up. And, like, one of the things that that started me to get into building others up is that I, like, got into officiating more, like, when I moved to Kansas for two years to work on my master's in higher education in student affairs. And I learned so much more about student development theory how this applies to college students how you're building them up and motivated and helps you just understand others and lead them up 100 percent. well what else who else got a question go ahead Ashton. um i guess because for me i have two i guess you can call them like tryout camps 
like what is your advice like for for somebody like me i've done high school uh three years so now i'm going to like like i guess like my first trial camp okay. yeah well good luck ashley thank you um, what's your confidence level ashley 10 is you're the most confident person one is you, you don't have much confidence. what's your confidence level I say a five. It's because I'm I'm very like, okay, I needed to do better on this. I need to do better on that. So I say about a five. When's the tryout, Ashley? Next weekend. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Today is Thursday. You got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way until next weekend. So you got about seven days, right? Mm-hmm. What time you wake up in the morning, Ashley? Uh, around 730-ish. So tomorrow morning, you told me you're a five. Tomorrow morning, when you wake up, I want you to look in the mirror for a minute and say, I'm a, I'm a six. I'm a six. I'm a six. For a minute, I want you to stare at yourself and tell yourself that you're a six. And then on Saturday morning, what do you think I'm going to tell you to do? That I'm a seven. You're a seven. Right? And by the end of the week, Ashley, I want you to be a nine. I don't want you to be a ten, because ten, you know, you, you're perfect. I want you to be a nine. And then I want you to say to yourself in the mirror, Ashley, by yourself, I'm a badass. I'm a badass. Because you got to be a badass, Ashley. Not arrogant, not uh, pompous, but confident, Ashley. And when you step on the court, you need to show them that they should hire you. Not kiss ass, not do this, not do that. Show them. By your confidence, by your calls, by your conviction. Um, so I see you're wearing glasses, Ashley. Do you have contact lenses? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, because you got to wear your contacts because if you got glasses, they're going to think you can't. Oh, yeah. All right? And I want you to act confident. So tomorrow you be a six. By the end of the week, you're a nine. And you've got to be confident. Talk to yourself during the trials, Ashley. I got this. I belong here, right? Tim, Tim told me I belong there. And he knew I was doubting myself a little bit. You got to show them that you belong. All right? You paying money for this child? Yes, sir. Then you want to get high. So <laughs> act like it and go all in, right? And when you think you're running hard, when you think you're running hard, you run hard. And at the end of the day, when everyone's dragging ass, Who's sprinting down the floor, Ashley, like that ass is on fire? That's going to be me. And that's how you get hired. That's how you get hired. So you got to go in there like a badass, you know what? Not pompous, not 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 with your nose in the air, but confident. And you, they're not going to hire you if you're a five, Ashley. got to be a nine, nine and a half. Everything you do. When you walk in the bathroom, look confident. When you go get a drink of water, look confident. Even if you don't feel confident, it's okay. You can fake it a little bit. Okay? But you got to be confident in your calls. If you miss a call, you say, I missed that one. Coach, I missed it. My bad. Right? you got to be confident in what you're doing. All right? Yes, sir. I'd love to hear from you if, uh, uh, on how it went. Here's my email. I'd love to hear from you. And if you don't get this one... I'll coach you up for the next one, okay? Okay. Here's my email. It's in the chat. Okay? Who else got a question? Andrew bringing some fire for Ashley. Tan- hired, tangible Paul. stuff. You got to get hired, right? You're not, trying to, you're not trying to go there and throw your money away, right? 
Well, like you said, the confidence is really everything, and, and making sure it doesn't cross the line into arrogance is, is really a fine line, and that's something right. that's, a, that's a skill. You got to right. add humility to that. But, Ashley, you know, just think big picture. This is one of many, many camps for you, so this is the very beginning of the process. Just think long term. You're on a great, great path. Just got to go out and enjoy yourself. Be you, have fun, and do everything Andrew said after. <laughs> Chris, what do you got, bro? You got great hair. What's your question? <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for your time and everything. But uh, just going off that, I'm in my first year of officiating right now. And, like, I'm always trying to, like, I know we all are, too, like, finding ways to improve. I was just wondering, like, when you were refing, like, what was a, like, was there something like daily that you did in order to improve yourself in fishing? Like whether that be going into the rule book or like working on your mechanics or just something like that, like along those lines. Yeah. Good question, Chris. You got to know the rules, right? You always got to be in the rule book, but every game is your trial, right? Ashley's going to try, but every game, because I just told you, I got invited to a D league tryout without even trying to go try out. You never know who is in the stands, right? So I used to play a mental game that that person in the blue shirt right there is the supervisor of the Big East, right? I always wanted to get in the Big East. I never got there. He's the supervisor of the Big East. He's watching me. He's here to watch me. That's how I used to, I used to tell. I'd be doing a community college game in the Bronx. Big East supervisor is here to watch me on a Tuesday night, right? You have to... The, People, people, oh, I want to get to the ACC. I want to get to this. I want to get to that. I want to get to the Atlantic 10. I want to do colonial playoff game. Well, you got to treat that community college scrimmage like it's an ACC game. You have to act as if, Christopher, it is an ACC trial. It is an Atlantic 10 trial. Because when you get there, then you've been there already, right? In your head. So every game is a trial. When you show up, Chris, do you look raggedy? Do you look this? Do you, they're always watching you. Because whether it's the supervisor at a rec league you're doing or whatever, it's always a tryout. Um, so I, I, I wrote a thing in here. Never miss an opportunity to let them see you shine, right? You show up, you, 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 you know, just like Ashley's going to show them why she should hire you. Same thing. Um, all those things you said too, Chris, you got to know the rules. You got to have great mechanics. Right, you got to be in great shape, like Paul. Paul's in tremendous shape. You got to be in great shape. If you got a belly, you ain't gonna get hired. I'm gonna just tell you that right now. I tell a story in there. My buddy got hired. He's working college now, Division Two. He's a Division One lacrosse official. Also, he's just like you guys. Oh, Andrew, what can I do to get hired? I said, bro, my guy, my friend. I said, I love you. You want me to tell you? He's like, oh yeah, please. I said, you gotta lose your belly. You got to lose your belt. And he did. And he got hired. So that was something. But, Chris, um, it's every game. It's every day. It's every call. It's every whistle. It's every sprint down the floor. You compound those things. You do them right. Things are going to work out for you. But you can't think, oh, I got this game on Sunday afternoon. I don't really want to be here. Because that's the one they're going to be watching you. You know what I mean? So nah, I get you. That's a great mindset going into every game. Just I kind of like thinking it like it's your last two, but not sort of like that extreme, but definitely, definitely a great mindset going in. Like 
I like that yeah. a lot. Thank you. And you can't, Paul said, right? You're gonna go to a lot of camps. You're gonna have a lot of opportunities. It's never the last game, because there's always another one. You fuck the call up, it's all you're gonna get another one. You know, you can't mess them up too much, but you can't think it's the last one, but it might be the one. You just never you just never know. So good question. John, what do you got? Hey, Andrew. Uh, I'm John Wonderjam. I'm a third-year official uh, out of Michigan. Um, I've got my first uh, JUCO camp coming up here in June. Yeah, um, baby. <clears throat> but my, my question more so is actually, um, I'm on kind of the same path as yourself in that I'm in my grad work right now uh, in K-12 principalship. So my question for you then is, how did you, as you were going through, you know, your time coming up teaching and then your uh, obviously some, some grad work, whatever it was, officiating, what advice might you have for someone like myself just for, for balancing everything in terms of not to spread myself out too thin to just still also be present in everything that I'm doing? Yeah. Great question, John. You got a cool ass name. <laughs> well, um, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I know Paul's a teacher, right? There's a lot of educators that are um, teachers. I, I was an administrator. I was allowed to take vacation days. Teachers and sick days, you know, um, uh, I thought about leaving education to chase refereeing. I loved it that much, you know? Uh, and his name is escaping me right now. And he was in the ACC, I can't remember his name. And he left being a public school official, uh, referee, um, a teacher. And he uh, chased referee and he made it to the ACC and did some other things. Uh, but he had to work much later in his life, much later in his career. Uh, and he grabbed me early on. He said, don't you ever give up your day job for this, right? So I always remembered that. Don't give up my day job. Don't give up my family. Don't be stupid in the bar at night after the game. Uh, I'm, I'm happily married, and that, that there's a lot that goes into that. Um, but with school, John, you have to take, you got to be good at your job. You got to be good at your day job. Um, you know, when I, I, I hired a driver to games, John, I would get a driver. I'd be answering emails and phone calls the whole time. I took vacation, but I was working mm -hmm. my ass off. If it was five, six hours away, you know, I, I, we would jump in the car. The guy would drive me home. I'd get home three, four in the morning. I'd sleep in the car and I was at work the next day. I never dragged ass at my school because they saw he was out reffing. I always wanted to be better at school because I didn't want, oh, he, how can he be a principal and referee? How could he do that? I'll show you how. I worked my ass off when I was at school. Um, so the driving to the games, um, you know, I was always on the up and up, taking vacation days uh, with my time, um, but very intentional about my time, very intentional about the time with my wife, uh, my family. They always knew when I was coming home for you guys that have little kids. Paul, we had the calendar, right? It would say at Lafayette, 7 p.m. game, and I would put the time, the time of the game because they wanted to watch it on TV. And then when I was getting home, they knew when I was coming home. I don't know if you were here, John, in the beginning when I told the story, but Paul taped it so he could, he could get yeah. that. 
there to you, but um, it is a balance, John. And again, if you want to reach out privately, um, but I was, uh, as Paul corrected himself in the beginning, I was a husband and father first, principal second, and ref third. Um, yeah. But when I was refing, I was present refing. And when I was principal, I was present being a principal. Uh, you, I call them airtight compartments, John. Right? Think about a ship, a submarine. When they when they turn that wheel of the door, right? And whoosh, I'm in. I'm principal, right? Mm -hmm. Bam! I'm 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 refing this game. Ain't nothing. I'm not thinking about the fight that happened at school. I'm focused on the on the game. So it is a balance. It's not easy, but you got to be able to shut those things out. Yeah. No, I love that analogy. I'm gonna have to use that with the kids at school. Because I love yeah, hearing about, you know, my my experiences officiating and, and hear about the different things that I do. But that's a great analogy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm feeling confident with how things are going now. Um, but just that long term is just something that I would never want to to exhaust myself or to feel as if I'm in, I'm thin in one area versus another. Um, so, no, I appreciate that. Just got to continue to keep that mindset. Keep it strong. I would say, John, it's it's the other way around. Right, you're people. Right, I heard this in the pandemic. People aren't tired because they do too much. People are tired because they're not doing enough of what raises their spirits or lights their fire. Refereeing lights our fire. When I did a game, I, and I, you know, I, I, I remember doing a game at Old Dominion University. It was a tight play at the end of the game. I was in the TV truck for an hour. I was supposed to leave at 9.30. The drivers texted me. Where are you? What are you doing? What happened? An hour in the TV truck because it was that close of a play. So now I left at 10.30 instead of 9.30. And we're driving home from Richmond, Virginia. Well, I, you know, I, again, I slept in the car and all that. But I got to school at about 6.30. I jumped the shower and I'm, I'm in the hallway at 6.50. I was, I was, I was up here. You know, was I tired at 4 that afternoon? Yeah. But I had a great day because I was so enriched by the game. So refereeing can enrich us, not 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 take away from us. Sure. You know what I mean? yeah. yeah. No, that's a great point. Great mindset. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Love the last name, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you. Andrew, I don't like to use big time language, but when you hire a driver to do 10 hour round trips, that's big time. How much do you have to pay him? Isn't that like half, <laughs> half your check? You, you, had to, you had to pay the guy. I had a few different drivers. One of them was the state trooper. So when I say he was heavy on the foot, <laughs> he was heavy on the foot. Um, you had to find the right person. But it wasn't about the money at that point, Paul. It was about getting back to work. And it was that I, I could sleep. Because if I if I flew, right, now I'm, I'm going to the hotel and I'm flying. I'm an hour and a half, two hours from Newark. So now I'm not at school at seven. I'm at school at 1030. So it's a day and a half versus a half a day. So I drove to North Carolina and back with a, with a, a driver. I did a game at Wake Forest. I was at, at work at 630 the next morning. And some of the people would come up to me who knew I was roughing. They would say, I just watched you on TV. You were at Wake Forest. How are you physically standing here? It's the magic, bro. It's the magic. That's the time hack, having a driver allow you to take care of your professional responsibilities, too. 
and it, and I did. I really did. I, you know, again, I was answering those emails. Uh, I was on the computer. You know, people think it's glamorous, right? Oh, you ref to here, you ref there. It was hard work, bro. And you got to make it work. Like like John Wonder Jam was just saying, there's a balance. You had to make it work. Uh, and, and I was able to do that. And again, I talked about being uh, grateful. I was grateful for those opportunities. So what do you got, Justin? You were quiet over there. What you got, man? You got something for me, Dallas? <clears throat> so what's what are some things that you've learned in refereeing that help you manage your staff and things like that yeah that's good uh be be calm when everyone else is getting crazy around you uh you know when you ref and people don't like to call when you answer by rule blah 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 right by rule so with with the staff, hey, by by this or by this standard or by this, when you're doing it by the rules, um, and again, you're not being pompous about it, like Paul said, you, you're doing it with relationships, um, resilience, right? Being resilient, getting through the hard times, um, manage major moments, right? You're doing those playoff games. Every game is important. You don't you don't try harder in one game versus another, but like graduations, uh, uh, finals, you manage major moments, right? And that's a mindset with refereeing, right? You have a playoff game, you have a finals game, you're managing major moments. Well, you have a graduation ceremony, you have a, you know. Um, and here's one I'll tell you. Uh, I'm going to share my screen again. I'll tell you a little story, right, about the way people treat you and, and things at your school. We got some educators here. I actually moved this down. I wasn't going to tell the story, but uh, you asked this question, so I'll tell it. It's in the book. So I told you a lot of firsts, right? Well, it's my first time at Notre Dame, right? And, again, first impressions, right? And the title down there, it all matters. So just to answer your question, Everything at my school matters, right? So I am pulling up. Yeah. So I'm pulling up to Notre Dame, right? These are big places now. This is not Notre Dame Elementary School. It's Notre Dame University. So we're in the outer parking lot, first time. And you see the guy with the parking things on, right? So I pull up. So I say, hey, man, I see the parking guy. He says, you're here to rep the game? I say, yeah, I'm a... Uh, I'm Andrew Murata. I'm here to rep the game. Oh, hey, Andrew. Checks me off. Welcome to Notre Dame. My friend Paul over there is going to help you get your part. Paul waves. I drive up. Paul says, hey, Andrew, welcome to Notre Dame. I say, oh, hey, man, how you doing? He says, Andrew, Chris over there on the sidewalk is going to get your part. Chris waves. I drive up. Chris says, hey, Andrew, welcome to Notre Dame. Oh, hey, man, how you doing? Good. Andrew, you're going to park right over there. You see my friend Ryan? He's standing right there. Pull in. Ryan greets me. Ryan opens the door. Hey, Andrew, welcome to Notre Dame. Oh, hey, Ryan. Oh, hi, man. Good, good. Okay. Uh, Ryan uh, passes me off to Ashley. Ashley walks me along the sidewalk. She brings me to the door. Or Ashley says, welcome to Notre Dame. She brings me to the door of the arena. There's Will standing at the door of the arena. Will says, welcome to Notre Dame. Oh, hi. Hey, good to see you. Will brings me in the arena. We're walking down the hallway. 
how was your flight? How was your trip in? Oh, okay, boom, boom, boom. And we get to the locker room door and who's there? The Irish mascot and he says, welcome to Notre Dame. And I was like, oh my God, this was the best greeting ever. And uh, Justin, to answer your question, I went back to school and I told all my secretaries that story about how I was treated, about how I was, uh, uh, you know, welcome. And every time someone comes to my school, they say, welcome to Port Jervis, welcome to Port Jervis. And I say, you call the person by their name, right? A lot of times you go to school, the secretary's like, uh, what? what do you want? What? At Port Jervis, they say, welcome to Port Jervis. And that's how I was treated at Notre Dame. And um, I, uh, you know, I remember that. So let me, uh, let me, while I have the thing pulled out, I just had a couple, I had one more thing here and then we'll do a few more questions. I know you wanted to go about an hour, Paul. Um, uh, so now we're going in reverse. Great hospitality by the Notre Dame staff. Kudos oh, yeah. So here's just a couple of points. We're going in reverse here, sorry. Uh, okay. All right. So I mentioned this phrase before, right? From the phone call to your partners, to you driving in the car, to you getting there, everything you're doing, they're watching you, right? Your look is half the battle. I mentioned to ask you, like, don't be showing up in your glasses because they're going to think you can't see. It's very, your look is very important, right? And John Clockerty said that to me. Never miss an opportunity to let them see you shine. How you speak to the person, how you speak to the door greeter, how you speak to the scorekeeper, all of those things, right? Uh, it matters. All of it matters. Uh, Paul, Paul talked about uh, my, your family. We talked about uh, first times I shared with these about the people, the way they treated me the first times. Uh, Chris, you asked about the rules, right? Knowing the rules, doing the little things well chunk in the work right um and this is great advice we all heard from referees right don't f it up that's more, some of the best advice i ever got don't f it up um but chunk in the game you people say andrew how'd you do it i didn't ref for two hours i ref for four minutes at a time you ref for four minutes at a time to the next media timeout you just said, I'm going to do, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a nine, uh, Ashley. I'm going to be a 10 for the next four minutes. Then I could get a drink of water and then I could catch my breath. Uh, a lot of self-talk, right? This is what J.D. Collins wrote in the book about the job of a referee. I love it. Look at that first bullet. Shit's going crazy in the game. You absorb the chaos. You stay calm. You, you know, you do all those things. I thought that was a great example from uh, JD about that. And he, you know, he wrote that. So I'm going to stop there. Uh, I know we have, it's nine o'clock now. If we want to go just a couple more minutes, if uh, people got um, something else, a question. We got Ryan join us, Jonathan uh, joined us. Welcome guys. Hey, thank you, Andrew. You did good yeah, stuff. Man. I was telling Paul, I said, uh, Every time I hear a new Roger story, it's like I'm listening to a new Kobe story. <laughs> he's, a, he's a legend, bro. 
And that's, yes. and it's all everything you heard, Ryan, is true. He's the man. There was no <laughs> doubt in my mind he was doing that Carolina Duke Final Four. It had his name written all over. Oh, I, yeah, I could have <laughs> put, put the house down on that one. <laughs> Ryan even asked him, hey, Roger, would you write to be part of the book? A lot of people turned me down, Ryan. Not Roger. Yeah. You know, he's looking to help other people. Right, you got a question for Andrew? Um, I had one earlier, but I forgot. You're you're speaking. I loved your stories. I got lost in your stories. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, man. Where you at with those palm trees? I'm in Houston right now, but you know the palm trees make it look like give me a state of mind, like I'm at the beach. So. <laughs> Andrew, I got a question for you. Yeah, um, Paul. You know, we talk a lot about being a great communicator through contextual communication, knowing the person, knowing the environment, knowing the intemp- the temperature, knowing the moment, right? Um, you know, you said some great things in your book about relatable connections. Talk about how to find those relation points like you did uh, in the FDU-Wichita State game. Yeah, you, you did your homework, Paul. You good. You don't run this podcast on a whim. Listen, I, it's a disguise. I, I wanted to do more. I took the book to work today. I started reading it. I left the book at work. I wanted to do some work prior to this when I got home. So I got on Amazon and they gave me three sample pages of your book. So I'm there using off those three sample pages. Well, but it, but it worked out. More copies, bro. We'll get you some more copies. Uh, well, Paul's uh, referencing a story. Um, you know, about a game I had, and I'll, I'll say that specifically, but but Roger spoke about this on Paul's podcast, too. You got to get on the internet. You got to research who who you're playing, you know, who the teams are. Are they on a winning streak? Are they on a losing streak? Is the coach been there for 20 years? Is it his first year? Are they a winning team? Are they a losing team? Do they have, you know, you got to know something about what's going on. So uh, I didn't put the story in the book, but my first time at Duke, Right? I'm at Duke. I'm nervous. You know, I got my, my mother bought me a mug. I, I keep the mug. Here's my dog. My Listen to this. I'm up in Orange County, New York. Coach was at uh, Army, you know, or he was at Army. His roommate from Army is a, a doctor up, up here in Goshen, New York. I forgot his name, but my good friend is friends with the doctor, Mike Krzyzewski's roommate on the basketball team. So he's like, oh, you got to tell him Dr. So-and-so said hello. I forgot the guy's name. So here I'm at Duke. I'm nervous. I'm going to shake Coach K's hand. He's ready to rip my head off before the game starts. And I say, hey, Coach, you know, Dr. Diaspara says hello. And he, and he, how do you know Dr. whatever his name? I said, oh, I'm up from Orange County, New York. A good friend said to say hello. He spoke so highly of you. Oh, Andrew, he was blah, 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 blah. And now here's K. I had a I had a relationship with Kay before the game even started. I made a connection with him just because you know this guy knew his roommate. Um, you know the story Paul references is I'm doing Fairleigh Dickinson University at Wichita State. Right, that's a pay game for any of you guys that know about that. Wichita State's paying Fairleigh Dickinson to go out there and get their butts kicked, and that's exactly what happened. They got their butts kicked. And the coach at the time was this Italian guy. They called him Shoes. He looked like straight out of uh, Goodfellas, like a mobster movie. 
and he's getting his butt kicked. And now he's starting to get on us. And he's yelling. And he's getting all, you know, crazy with us. And, and then he's like, Andrew, I know how this works. You ain't never going to see me again. You are a homer and you this. And you, you're just rooting for the other team because they're the home team. And I ran over to him. I said, Coach, stop. Stop right now. I live 30 minutes from Fairleigh Dickinson University. I've never been here. And you and I are the only two Italians in this gym. So knock it off. And he was like, Andrew, Andrew. Oh. And he like put his arm around. He says, put your arm around. Stop doing it. Take your hand off me. Stop. We're going to get in trouble. Andrew, oh, God, thank you so much. Andrew, Andrew, thank you so much. And the guy was my best friend the rest of the game. Andrew, just help me keep it under 20, please. Under 20. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> and, 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 and the guy, you know, and that was it. But I made a connection with him. I told him where I lived. And 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 that was it. I just, it was that connection. John, I see you put your hand up, buddy. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Hey, sorry I'm late. I uh, had to put the kids to bed. And uh, I'm with Paul with, with uh, little ones. And um, anyway, I grew up in uh, Ulster County. I grew up in Kerhonkson. I live in Long Island now. And, Come on, uh, bro. That's where my riding retreat is, bro. That, that's I, I had a feeling it was in Krahanks because there's nothing in Krahanks. And um, there, there's, uh, you know, I live on um, right near the State Trooper Barracks off of 209. Uh, that's where yeah, I grew the, up. The Kerhamptons, bro. The Kerhamptons. Yeah, we're, we're, we're I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, but anyway, um, I've been in the business. I've, I've been in the city for a long time, um, since about 2011. Um, and 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 now I'm you know I'm I'm a Division three ref, um, you know high school ref. I work for the Catholics and local stuff out here in Long Island. And um, summertime is usually when you know people start going out making cash games. Um, you know there's stuff in the city. You know if you want to get in the pro circuit, whatever, uh, youth leagues, AU. There's stuff everywhere. Um, but lately I've been, I've been down with the summer ball stuff. You know, you see the stuff on a, you know, with AAU stuff, you saw the John Higgins article this morning, or I'm sure most of the folks on this call saw that article. Um, I went, I, I just got surgery last Wednesday. I'm one week post-op. I wanted one last hurrah to help out my Long Island boys who were trying to, uh, uh, mentor, you know, new guys, right? So, um, our division one friends who Paul knows, um, I'll throw out the name, Mike Nardone, you know, is looking out to, to, uh, you know, work with guys, work with three person, because you don't see three person right in a summer game, unless someone's, you know, unless you're splitting the fees with the two other guys, or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll come on help. Um, and it just gets crazy with some of these coaches or the parents it's Friday night. You know, my, my buddy was in the stands and he was like, I swear that mom was drinking you know, and she's screaming at us, like just, it was incoherent. And, and I know there's new guys on this call here that, um, that, that need those summer games. They need, they need the reps to, to get better. Right. So that when, when they go try out or whatever, the fall comes, um, those games are going to be easy. Right. But how, how do you, I guess, um, I guess just continue the, the encouragement of, uh, of keep on working these games because I got my vet veteran friends here in this group text, you know, trying to like, you know, hey, you available tonight? You available? For, like, no one wants to do anything, and I have the the luxury of saying, hey, I got I got crutches, you know. I'm sorry, I'm one week post stop, you know. That's what I've been saying this summer. Um, and I saw you, Chris V in Pittsburgh. That was like one of my last hurrahs, man. You know, in the game uh, with with Mike Nardone, that was like my last hurrah, and I was just like, f it, I'm like done with summer ball. I'm I'm. <laughs> 
I don't even want to do it anymore. And I have surgery coming up. So I was like, all right, you know, but, but, but everyone here on this call, they need reps. Um, like, I don't know. Like, what, like if I ask you, Andrew, like, Hey man, I, I got, I got a buddy up at, um, I don't know, Bard college who was running a tournament. Do you know guys who would go up to Bard for four or five games? Are you, are you willing to come up to Bard to do this four or five games? You know, like you're probably going to say no, right? Like, cause you, I mean, you, you know, you're busy. You got a principalship going, you're, you're, you're running Port Jervis. Um, you got three kids and, and, you know, you're making, you know, checks with, with a comma on it. You're not really going to need a, a 30, 40 hour, uh, per game, game, like what, what's going on? Like, I mean, John did a game, you know, with his son, uh, you know, according to the, the radio article, uh, uh, to the article, but I mean, it's just kind of crazy. I don't know. Yeah, if, someone, if someone could put that article in the, in the chat, I would love to read it. I did not see that. Uh, Jonathan, what I would tell you is I used the word intentional multiple times today. Um, I was intentional about when I stepped on the court, right? Yes, you need to rep those games. Yes, you need to do that. I never chased the money. I chased the opportunity, right? So again, spending time with my family, being here, going to camps. Uh, I was looking to get hired in college, not make a hundred bucks. Some of those games, you're like a piece of meat. And yeah, you're trying to get plays right, but I wanted to get hired. Uh, So I went to a lot of camps. One summer I went to 10 camps and I paid a lot of money. Um, So, oh, good. Thank you. Um, So I um, just want to make sure I get this. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Where did I go? Did I lose you? Uh, no, you're still here. So, oh, okay. so the, the gist um, of it is he, he was officiating with his son and it, you know, it, it, it got crazy. And, yeah. and the, the guys didn't know it was John Higgins, um, you know, and just acted a fool and, and, you know. Yeah. And you gotta was, handle, you know, you gotta handle those situations. Uh, you gotta have a little bit of a, I don't give it, I don't give a shit attitude. Right. I told Ashley, you gotta be a badass. Like you gotta use the rules. If they're doing that, you got to use the rules. It's not personal, right. right? You're not trying to get beat up on a Friday night by a drunk lady in his head. Boop, boop. You know, who's the game manager? She's got to go. Like, get, yeah. She's got to go. Like, yeah. well, stop the game. She's got to go. It's not personal. It's a call. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rule. Um, but you also have to be, you know, you know, I was in a place. The whole place smelled like marijuana. I was like, boop, boop. I'm out of here. Like, I'm not doing that. Uh, I was very intentional about where I went. But. But you got to find a balance of working games too, um, and you you know you're not a piece of meat. My end goal was to get hired in, in college leagues, not make a hundred bucks. So yep. you got to be intentional about your time, especially if you have a family. You sit with your wife, right? I still keep the black book, Jonathan, right? I still I still got you know. All right, babe, you know I'm gonna ref this Saturday and this Saturday, but the other two Saturdays I'm gonna be home. Like we. We map it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We plan it out. Okay, we got this. All right, all right. I'm gonna take these games. Okay, um, because then during the season, you're not having that conversation. During the season, you're working the games you got. Yeah. So I was home a lot in the off season because I was, you know, and then I was going to the camps. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Andrew. I'm gonna email you too. All right. I want to talk to you about some other stuff too offline. Appreciate you it. Bro. Thank you. Yeah, bro.
Great stuff, Andrew. Uh, if anybody has anything else, you can ask now, but I think we're going to actually get ready to wrap up. Um, Andrew, anything else to the audience of officials that are listening that you want to say to them, leave them with? Yeah, guys, it's, it's a great avocation. Uh, it's great with the relationships. I had a tremendous run. Um, if you have a passion for it and you like it, I would tell you to chase that passion. Don't chase the checks. Chase the passion. Do a great job with it. You know, be a great partner. Um, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, and, and I mean, I, ha- I have a great run. I'm fortunate for it. Uh, Jonathan asked and, and um, the other John just asked too about it translated to my life also, right? I learned how to be a better leader. I learned how to command a room. I learned how to use my voice, have presence. Um, so the last thing, I keep this ball with me too, right? And uh, quick little story about Sandy Koufax, right? We got some New Yorkers here is my little logo. Sandy Koufax had a wicked fastball. Do the research. He had a wicked fastball. And in his first three years, he was like a 50-50 pitcher. You know, he had like a record of like 30 and 30. Um, and the catcher ran out one time. Guy's throwing the He loaded the bases. True story. Google it. True story. Loaded the bases. Walks. Throwing the ball all over the place. 3-0 and on the batter. Loaded bases. 3-0 and on the batter. The catcher walks out and says, Sandy. You're trying to knock the cover off the ball. You got to take a little off. And Sandy was like, threw a no-hitter the rest of the game, and he won. And then he went on to win three Cy Young Awards. Took a little off. Sometimes as refs, we try too hard. I got to get that whistle. I got to get this one. I got to. Sometimes taking a little off can help you. That doesn't mean, Ashley, you don't hustle. It doesn't mean you don't run to the spot. It doesn't mean you don't have great mechanics of being intense in the game, right? Being in, in, in the game. It means you got to be intense without being tense. Uh, you got to take some off. And that's from a, a New Yorker with ADD, right? Um, you got to take some off. You can't try too hard. You miss a call, you got to get the next one right. And you can't beat yourself up. So Paul, I know it's getting late and, uh, I'll stop there. It's an honor to be with you, Paul. If I could help you and the Crown Refs, you let me know, Paul, and I'll get you a couple other copies of the books, okay? Sounds great. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, and uh, best of luck to you. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Everyone on here, it was nice to meet you. I gave you my email. If I could help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out, okay? Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Good night, Easy. everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.